0: Tour, 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 tour
1: junkies. what's going on golf addicts welcome to the tour junkies show it is a it's a unique show okay we got our friend diane knox with us you know diane from the tour report from pixwise all this other stuff she's doing of course you know some people are going to be like oh is that the sister of russell knox it is but <laughs> diane's way cooler and she's going to be a bigger deal than oh, maybe yeah. even russell one of these days <laughs> So, Diane, welcome to the show for the Genesis Scottish Open. Fitting to have a, a, a young lass from Scotland on with us.
2: Thank you. Although I hope Russell is a bigger deal than me this week because I want to see him win the Scottish True. Open. And that would be the best thing ever.
1: <laughs> so, Diane, tell the listeners or the viewers that may not know a little bit about yourself uh, where they can find you. And, and you know, you're a pretty good gambler, by the way. I, I think we're both ticket buddies because you had JT Poston oh, no. last week, didn't you?
2: Yes, I was so happy. I was at a 4th of July uh, pool party yesterday and it rained all day. So we were all crowded around this little TV watching the end of the golf. And uh, there was a lot of guys there that knew I worked in golf, but they didn't know that I was involved with kind of golf betting and making these picks. And they were like, what? You picked him? (laughs) So, and I had, so JT outright, I had Callum Tarrin for a top 20. And obviously, you know, I should have had him for a top 10. And... um, Denny McCarthy, I had for the top five, and he missed that par pat on 18. It lipped, and I was like, oh, and he finished in a tie for six. So I was okay. I was close enough there. Still. But um, yeah, I'm so, we we all know T. Fulston personally as well. And, you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I was so happy for him to get that second win.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, well, tell the people where they can go to find more of your good content week in, week out.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, I um, work for Secret Golf. It's um, Steve Elkington's golf media company. We do a show every week called The Tour Report. It's a podcast and we have our video show as well. And across all of our social media channels. And then I write for PixWise, which is great. I started doing that for the Masters this year and love being part of the PixWise team. So I do a, a preview and picks for Them that's published on their website every Monday. And then I do some more articles for them throughout the week. And yeah, I mean, just it's been great. This this kind of You know, I've always been involved in golf since moving from Scotland to the States in 2016, but to really venture into golf gambling and betting has been great. And it's something that I've really worked hard at and I work hard at every week because I think if you're giving people these tips and they're going to spend their money, you have to put in the work to have the knowledge, present the knowledge. And make sure you're giving them educated picks. So I love it. I'm having a great time doing it. And of course, guys, I'm so happy to be joining you today.
1: <laughs> yes, we're, we're pumped to have you. You've made an appearance on this podcast before, but we've, we've known Diane a couple of years and uh, does great work. And uh, we love the accent, too. Now, Aww. also, Diane, we have to, before we move on, we have to congratulate you on that baby, uh, that baby boy that Aww. is coming soon. Thank so congratulations me. there. And we do have a pretty loyal TJ listener who was very disappointed to hear that you got married, but I see he's in the chat and he's popped in to say hello, Marcus. <laughs> Nicholas, <laughs> Diane, Hi,
0: Marcus. You, you
1: probably have Aww. a restraining order on Marcus. Uh, yeah, by this go point. ahead and get one if you don't. Yeah, but if you don't no, have
2: one,
1: you should do that. Yeah. Um, all right, listen, so we're going to talk Genesis Scottish Open. Now, you know, it's a, it's a weird day. It's July 4th. Happy Independence Day to everybody, um, and we're going to have a great time. But me and Pat, we got plans tonight, people. Like, we're you know, we're, yeah, we do. we're social butterflies, and we can't just not, we can't just not do the, the Independence Day of our own country because we want to break down an event in Scotland, although we are
3: both now total Scotland fanatics after, uh, you know— yeah. We're, well, <laughs> before we get into some some Scotland stuff, though, I got to say, I'm just happy that Diane talked about all the, the research and everything she puts into this, because we do that, too, on a week in and week out basis. But I got to say, not as much for today. <laughs> so it's a good thing I we really have. Di- it's me. a good thing that we have Diane with us. <laughs> because. <Okay.
1: laughs> but I do feel like, Pat, I do feel like after like coming back from Scotland, two weeks removed from being in Scotland and playing some of the best courses around there. Um and and including playing North Berwick West Links, which Pat's also rocking the North Berwick West Links hat, what? which is now our new favorite golf course on planet Earth. Um, yes, and it, it it really disappoints me that North Berwick West Links is not the home of the Scottish Open, but it, it's this Renaissance Club, which we'll get into. But it ticks me off because the Renaissance Club is like it's it's like Kings Barnes. It's like Americans going over to Scotland and building a modern you know links course in and it is in Scotland. Uh I was disappointed to to find that out about Kings Barnes when we got there, although it's a great course. I, I really did love it. But the history <laughs> of a place like North Berwick Westlink's um or some of the other you know, a lot of the other courses around there, I would love to see them play it there. I don't know why the Renaissance Club is the one. Um, but just I feel like Pat having been there and spent some time playing there, I mean, I played 153 holes in six days. And I do feel like it, it. really opened my eyes to the real differences between playing golf over there versus playing golf over here. Um, and it just reminds me, you know, as I'm handicapping events like this, like what, what it really is going to take to you know to close the door here. Now you got a really strong field for the Genesis Scottish Open. Um, really strong field. Now with this whole DP World Tour and PGA Tour Alliance and getting points on both sides is is great. So I'm I'm excited to see the field. But I do have to say, North Berwick West Diane, like, have you ever played there? Have you ever been there?
2: Oh, yeah. I always say to people that if, you know, whether you love golf or not, it doesn't matter. If someone's visiting Scotland to go to North Berwick, because the town itself is just amazing. There's so many. I mean, the streets are beautiful. It's like a picture-perfect little coastal town. Great ice cream shops. There's a really good ice cream shop in North Berwick. Great restaurants, great cafes nice little beach area to walk around and then of course the golf i mean if you if you play golf it's one of those um kind of off the beaten track courses as you say with the scottish open being at the renaissance club and you know, this is the fourth time it's been there. The Scottish open has been at uh, so many other great courses. Yeah. You know, I've been to loads of them. Royal Aberdeen, Castle Stewart, which is Inverness where I'm from, um, Gullin, which is not far from the Renaissance and from North Berwick. It's, um, there, there's so many great courses. And you're right. I mean, I, I've got a good story to tell you about the Renaissance Club and, and the American consortium that built it and, and made this, dream of there as a reality Mm. but yeah you're right just that part of the world obviously we're missing Muirfield (laughs) which is right beside the Renaissance Club too but it's if you love golf and you're going to visit and even if you're going just as a a general tourist to Scotland it's an area that you 100% have to go and check out
3: yes Um, it was amazing when we got there you just you know you just fell in love with the place immediately I mean it was it was hard not to um I I would, you know, I've played Augusta national little, 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 little tout there. So, and it's my hometown. So I'd put number, number one, Augusta national for me, but North Berwick is now number two, for sure. I mean, it is, it's just fantastic. And you know, one of the things too about um, when you play, like, so I played my first round after being in Scotland a couple of days ago. And one of the things when you're playing over there, you realize is how much you have to think on almost every single shot. I mean, that's, that's one of the things, whether it's the wind, whether it's the slope, yes. you know, whatever it is, I think it's just amazing. All the things you got to think about. And then you come back over here and you're playing on, you know, the bunkers don't really matter all that much. I mean, they do, but they're not near as hard and the wind isn't as bad and the elements aren't as bad. And you just don't think as much as you do over there. And I think that's really the kind of when I'm looking at a player type. Those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at the, for the most, you know, for the guys that I think they can win.
2: Yeah. I think um creative golf and yeah. that you know with the weather the constantly changing weather conditions, I think that the guys that really grew up playing in these conditions, and I'm not just talking about Scots and Englishmen and I'll get into that when I talk about my picks a little bit later on too, but just guys that on the spot can switch it up and play really creatively and they maybe see shots differently to you know, some others who are not used to playing that type of golf. I'm um, yeah, I think that that's really important.
1: I mean, I think, I think Pat, you talked about having to think on every shot. You have to think on the putts when the wind is blowing. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it took me two full days to realize like, okay, the wind is going to affect this putt no matter mm-hmm. what, like, and, and just to, to be able to think that and it, these massive greens, and sometimes you end up like way off target and you're still on the green. And if you're putting into the wind, like, I've never had to, like, t- make a full shoulder turn to hit, a, to hit a putt until I got to Scotland. Um, so, like, even just that, I, I think every shot, if the wind is moving, is going to play a factor. Now, it, it appears that over the last few years, just looking at scores, that the weather really hasn't been what we want to see here at the Renaissance Club. Um, hopefully, we get some better conditions this week. But uh, before we get started, Diane, I do want to hear your. I, I want your your Renaissance story here in just a second. Oh okay. yeah. We are presented to you okay. by our friends at Covers. Winning starts at covers.com. Check it out. We had J.T. Poston written up on the Covers article. We did well in the head-to-head matchups just last week as well. It's the it's the exclusive place if you want our favorite head-to-head matchups, top 20 bets, top 10 bets. Over there at covers.com is where it's at, and uh, they're they're sponsoring the show for you know the rest of the season, which we appreciate. They've been doing it 25 years. 20 million sports betters annually flock to Covers.com, and like I said, I say it every week. Most of the content over there is free, so take advantage of it. Check it out. Covers.com is where it's at. We'll have an article up there as well um, for the Genesis Scottish Open. All right. So Diane, I want to hear about this. This your take on the Renaissance, <laughs> the Renaissance Club.
2: Well, the, the land was obviously sitting there. It's, um, it was an estate that was owned by a duke. And it's obviously mm-hmm. prime real estate for a golf course. And this American consortium wanted to buy the land. I think it was like 2005. And the guy that kind of led the purchase was a guy called Jerry Servardi. He's from Jacksonville. And my brother actually knows him pretty well. So whenever Russell's gone over and played in the Scottish Open at Gullen or whatever. He's always stayed at the Renaissance club, but I was, it was before I moved to the States, I was still living in Scotland and I was on the plane flying from Jacksonville back to Scotland. And I was sat next to one of the guys that was in the consortium. So he was talking about the fact that they were building this course and he was telling me all about it. And I'm like, that is just such a cool story. So then years later, when Russell was staying at the Renaissance, I went through, we all had dinner there, and the guy was there. So, I mean, it was years after, and we're like, wait a minute, we'd walk on a plane. And it was just such a cool story, and just to be able to hear them. And I know what you say, like, it's a group of Americans that have gone in and, and built this Lynx course, but the course gets phenomenal reviews. The place itself is just amazing. Obviously, as we talked about, it's such a special part of Scotland for golf, and it's, um, you know, they've, they've really... They had this dream and they have this passion, and they made it come to life and they really wanted this piece of land that was along the coast, and they didn't get that until two thousand and eleven because obviously with it being they wanted this lynx course, they needed coastal holes, yeah, so that was kind of the part that was missing until two thousand eleven where they got permission to um, to build three new holes just on that this new strip of land so the course has evolved and you know I think it's it's a great story it's done so much for the area and it's a real that that part is such a destination of golf now
1: yeah I mean just being in North Berwick and we didn't get to spend a lot of time there we didn't we didn't have time we were leaving that like within hours to get back on a plane and it was our last stop so we didn't get to check out the ice cream shop or really see much of the town but it feels like you could, you could do a Scotland trip and just hit courses around, in and around North Berwick and you'd still, yeah. you, you hit a lot of great, great spots. Um, all right, mm-hmm. let's start off looking at the, I want to look at the scorecard real quick of the, on the Renaissance Club. It's a par 71, unique track in that it has, uh, it's got four par fives, five par threes, and roughly five potentially par fours that could play over 450 yards. You can see the scorecard here. Now, you know, one, one realization that I have now that I didn't have before I played in Scotland is that, you know, if we get firm and fast conditions, you know, the scorecard yardage almost doesn't matter. Like a 480 yard par four may seem daunting over here on the States, but you know, in Scotland, it could still be a driver wedge depending on how firm conditions are. Uh, So your past champions here, you had Minwoo Lee win last year at the Renaissance club, Aaron Rye in 2020. And then burned Wiesberger in 2019. So, you know, Men Lee's a bomber, like Aaron Rye, kind of notorious mm-hmm. ball striker. Burned Wiesberger, obviously a notorious ball striker. But the scores have been like super, like really low scoring conditions. So I just don't know. Have, have you looked at the weather yet, Diane? We need to look at that.
2: Yeah. I'm always looking at the weather. What you got? What you got? <laughs> um, that- The way that I look at it now is whatever it says the weather's going to be, it's probably going to be worse. So I think Sunday looks like it's going to, I mean, I think today the weather was really bad. It looked like it was rainy and and winds up to 40 miles per hour. But I think Sunday the wind was going to be the worst. I think it was averaging about 10, 15 miles per hour, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday looking up to 25 miles per hour. But I always think that's a conservative estimate. Yeah. And if they say that the wind's going to be 25 miles per hour, it's probably going to blow more than that. And then I think on Sunday as well, rain in the morning and then, you know, really cloudy conditions um, with a little bit more rain in the afternoon. So, I mean, that's what you want from the final round of the Scottish Open. I think Sunday looks like it's going to be the worst day, but that wind's definitely going to blow for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm looking now. It doesn't look like th- like there's a chance of rain on Wednesday, like overnight. Mm -hmm. um but it actually doesn't look like it's going to get a whole lot of rain which is good now i don't know how much rain it's had leading up to uh to this it didn't rain at all on us when we were there which is fantastic (laughs) looks um yes potentially yeah i don't know the wind looks kind of like thursday and friday the wind doesn't look that bad at all Mm -mm. um which sucks but you know we got to keep checking it, right? Um, there's
2: still time. There's
1: yeah, there's I think there's a lot of time, time. <laughs> and it, it uh, you know it really matters. Obviously, like normally, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing a course stateside. You don't really we don't really look at the weather a whole lot on Monday because it normally doesn't it just doesn't matter that much. But um, yeah. you know, when you're trying to handicap golf in Scotland, I think that's going to be a big deal. I wanted to also real quick let's pull up the top. I wanted to look at the top ten, just to kind of give people a perspective. Um, the Top tens. You know, on this leaderboard, this was last year, Minwoo Minwoo Lee winning, kind of who's up there and the type of player that's up there. You had Thomas Dietrich, Matt Fitzpatrick made it to the playoff and Minwoo Lee won that. Lucas Herbert, Ian Poulter, Ryan Palmer, John Rahm, uh, Johannes Vierman, Justin Thomas, Jack Sr. and Xander Schauffele. So you obviously had plenty of American contingent uh, up there doing well, ball striker types. You can kind of see like it's a little bit of everything. To see Ryan Palmer up there was interesting to me. Ian Poulter, Mm -hmm. not a guy who's typically known as a you know longer hitter or anything like that, but he's there uh, amidst John Rom, Justin Thomas, Thomas Dietrich, Minwoo Lee, and then in 2020 when Aaron Rye won, uh, it was Tommy Fleetwood. I do think the wind blew a little bit this year. I I think in I think whenever whenever that one hit, it was a little a little more uh, uh, scores were a little tougher. Eric Van Ruyen popped up there. Ian Poulter again as a top ten. Anybody else on here? Let's see. Uh, Padraig Harrington, top ten there.
2: Yeah,
1: and then Lucas
2: Herbert plays well yeah. at the Scottish Open.
1: <laughs> yeah, he did. And then in 2019, when Weisberger won, uh, you had um, not a lot of Americans this year. You had Beef was playing still. Andrew Putnam, T4. Henrik Stenson, uh, Cabrera Bellows in there. Justin Thomas, another top ten. So JT with two mm-hmm. top tens here in the last three years. Uh, so that just gives you an idea of you know kind of who's popped up here in the last few years. All right, anything else you think we need to cover before we start looking at this betting board and talking about uh, maybe some early numbers to jump on? We good? Pat, do you have any questions for Diane? Do you feel like you need to (laughs) soak soak up any more?
3: No questions yet. All right. Let's... I have one
2: question. We're gonna we're gonna talk about your Scotland trip um, a little bit later, but um, you know, well, let's just leave that until the end because I've got lots of questions. Yes. and I want to hear the stories <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes,
1: we'll do that. We need to do that. We haven't we 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 haven't gotten it all out of our system yet. Um, yeah. Okay. So, all right, let's take a look at the top of the betting board, um, and we're gonna do some line shopping on the show. I, this is a mixture of you know our first look show. And our betting podcast. So the, the first look show I do every Monday morning by myself usually, um, which if you're not paying attention to you need to because that's when we had JT at 65 to 1 last week and that paid off. He was at like 50 or 40 to 1 when it closed. But at the top of the board today on DraftKings, you've got Scheffler, JT, and Rom at 12 to 1, Matt Fitzpatrick at 18 to 1, Morikawa, Xander, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantley kind of round out that, you know, 25 to 1 or shorter range. Um, and we can definitely do some shopping. I've got FanDuel and BetMGM pulled up as well. Uh, those are the three that I tend to do some shopping on a Monday morning and uh, and look at. Now, the other thing we haven't talked about that's going on is this JP McManus Pro-Am um, oh, yeah. in Ireland, which you've got a lot of big names playing at Adair Manor, which I've heard is a tremendous place. Have you ever been there, Diane?
2: No, I've, I have mean, I would love to. I've seen it and it just looks stunning like they accommodations and everything it looks amazing yeah yeah um, my husband this morning because we had a bit of fun yesterday he was like i'm definitely going to the gym and i said i bet you don't go to the gym and he left and then he called me and was like oh my gosh i didn't realize that the pro-am was on and tigers playing and he turned and came straight back and i told you yeah you (laughs) and
1: and i'm i've got the early leaderboard pulled up um right now and i'm it's interesting to see and you know i don't want to over we're not going to overreact this but like Fitzpatrick is almost dead last. He's pl- shot 78 today, six over. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting, Bryson's playing in this. He's five over through 11. Cantlay's sucking five over through 11. Uh, so these are just a few of the names that we just read off here at the top of the board that are, are maybe they're, I don't know. Are they giving them shots? I was going to say, can something? you drink at the J.P. McManus? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Probably. <laughs> are, they, are, they, are they taking a lot of nippers there? That's what they called them in, in Scotland when we were there. Um, all right. Anybody, anybody in this top tier that kind of catches your eye? i mean, Wills Al is right there that 28 to one along with yeah. Cam Smith, 28 to one. Um, anybody up here? Interesting to, to anyone. Let's just throw them out there.
2: Well, I, I was going to say, I was quite happy that the name that I was going to give what didn't appear on your little list there, but I'm going with Cam Smith. I mm. think that, yeah, you know, he's such a, I talked earlier that I really wanted to look at guys that were such creative players and that's him to a T. And he talked about that's why he, he plays well at TBC Sawgrass and obviously won the players. Plus when we had the players, it was very Scottish like weather conditions yeah. with the wind. Yeah, that's it was true. cold, and it was rainy, but he obviously grew up playing in the wind and, and having to think on the spot and get creative and you know just he has an immaculate short game yep. amazing putting yeah. so um yeah when i saw cam smith this morning at 28 to 1 i thought i'm definitely looking at him
3: yeah I yeah, think across the board too that's probably the best odds i've seen is
1: 28 to 1 yep that's what i'm seeing yeah. across BetMGM, mgm 28 to 1 no uh no uh difference there uh, and i like that too i mean i was thinking about cam smith and jordan spieth when we were playing over there and just thinking like. To me, it, it, there's there was also I noticed a lot more, and I don't know if this is true about the Renaissance Club, but for sure the old course I noticed a lot of, a lot more undulation like on and around the greens than I re, than I yeah. remembered or I thought I saw or didn't see on on TV, and it's you know similar to what people say about Augusta National is like you never realize how much slope is on the golf course until you get there. The TV doesn't really show it, um, but mm-hmm. I definitely felt that a lot on a lot of the courses we played in Scotland, and so short game for sure, and like. Especially if it's windy, but if it's firm and windy at all, like you're gonna get bad breaks out there. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna hit shots yeah. that you think go one, you know, are gonna be here and they roll off into a bunker, they go down a, you know, they roll off the green somehow, and now you're chipping off of a tight line and it's, and it's slopey, right? Like, so I think just those kind of players for sure over the next couple of weeks, both here and the open championship, uh, are somebody that I'd, I'd be interested in. I, mean, I think Speed at 25 to one, what's mm-hmm. his best number? Um, he's 30 to one on MGM and he's 29 to one on FanDuel. So between those three, you can get Jordan at 30 to one right now on, uh, on bed MGM. I know the putting has been pretty, pretty sus lately. Uh, I think, but didn't he, I think he, did, he putted a little better after like round two of the travelers before he trunk slammed. Didn't he miss the cut at the travelers? Am I remembering that right?
2: But he did sick. I'm like, he, cause he was, he had whatever sickness bug he was talking about at the U S open. Yeah. I'm like, you know, he was obviously feeling under the weather, U.S. Open and at the Travelers. So
3: yeah.
2: we'll give him a pass.
3: <laughs> I think right around that, that 25 to 1 number, you know, is I think there's a lot right there that you can look at. I mean, Jordan Spies won, you know, like Cam Smith bumping up to 28 to 1, but also like Cantley and Morikawa. You know, Kawa mm-hmm. has been, he was not playing well at all, really leading up to the U.S. Open, but then he had the top five there. Cantley has been playing really well. I think getting both those guys at twenty-five to one. I mean, Morikawa is one of those guys. I mean, obviously he's won an Open Championship, so he, his game travels almost anywhere. He's one of the best ball strikers in the world. The putting is always an issue, for sure. Um, you know that has not been great lately. I can't remember how how well he putted at the U.S. Open, but still, I think getting Morikawa and Cantley at twenty-five to one, I think those are really good numbers that you can look at. See, I don't like Cantley.
1: I don't like. Oh. I feel like he's. I feel like he's. I mean, it was good to see him play well at the U.S. Open, but he's he's disappointed to some, to, you know, sometimes in these tougher courses, tough conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he sucked at the players, but I think he was on the wrong side of the draw there. Yeah, um, he was on the bad side. Yeah. I, I'm just not convinced in Can'tley's ability on tough courses just yet. Um, Morikawa, I mean, I, I guess I could get down with that, but I don't know. Short, yeah, I was going to say about Morikawa finish,
2: though. Didn't he? Um, I can't remember what he finished last year in the Scottish Open, but didn't he say oh, that, he missed he the cut. Thought that he figured out links golf yeah. and then he went then, the he and
1: and then he goes and wins he missed the cut <laughs> so they it. figured it out so then he'll win yeah, this week. really quickly <laughs> yeah i remember that vividly because it completely <laughs> threw me off of him he said he, he missed the cut and then he talked about how specifically he talked about how he didn't he didn't uh he, he couldn't get the he felt like the way his irons interacted with the the turf and like the hard ground was causing him issues. I remember hearing that yeah. from his mouth, and then he wins the open. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, so anyway, all right, that's kind of the top. I don't really have any other picks. I mean, we, we all know this is not a, uh, you know, short, top-of-the-board betting show. Uh, now we're going to get into some juicy names here. Sam Burns at 30-to-1, I am usually always about. What are, where's the best number for Sammy B? 28-to-1 on MGM. 31-to-1, so you get, you get one point better. Then DraftKings over on FanDuel, Sam Burns at thirty-one to one is going to be a click for me. I mean, he's like he's become kind of an auto bet for me at thirty to one or, or longer, just about anywhere. I just love, I love the way he he's attacking. He for was for
2: me at the Travelers the other week, and then he missed the cut. Yeah. I was devastated. Same. It was so big on Same. him to win the Travelers.
1: <laughs> Same. Uh, any interest in? Then you got like decky Victor Hovlin, Sung Jay. Max Homa, Ryan Fox, who's been playing really, really well. Really well. Um, and then Joaquin Neiman's kind of that fifty to one or shorter on DraftKings. I love Joaquin at, at a place where it could get windy just with his ball flight. Uh, I'm usually a sucker for him too. So fifty to one Joaquin interests me. Uh, he's forty to one on MGM and he's forty to one on FanDuel. So a really good value there on Neiman on DraftKings if you like it. So right off the bat, like Burns and Neiman for me are very interesting. Diane, what about you?
2: I like Ryan Fox. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, he's had three top three finishes in his last four starts. Two of those have been runner-ups, runner-up at the Irish Open um, just yesterday. But, you know, looking at his stats, he's first in birdies per round this season, second in scoring average, third in approach, and third in putts per GIR. So, I mean again like i think about where he grew up playing and yeah. that's probably why he played so well in events like this because um obviously from new zealand and we'll factor in that the wind factor yeah. <laughs> i'm weighting it heavily but i like ryan fox at, um, at 50 to one i was i saw that this morning and thought i'm definitely adding him to my card
1: yeah He's forty to one, I think, or shorter on uh, on FanDuel. And I, I know our boy Pat Mayo loves him some Ryan Fox. So as soon as Mayo starts touting him, that number could get bet down. Um so I think fifty to one, you definitely jump on that. Pat, what do you think? Anybody up here?
3: Yeah, I was gonna I mean, I was gonna say Fox. I think Fox is gonna be talked about a lot too, especially on like DraftKings and things like that. I think he's gonna be pretty high owned, but he is just playing his form is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um I like Neiman. I'm with you on him. I mean, I think Neiman um is another guy that kind of is is pretty creative and and can uh you know should be able to play well here um you know you've got i'm gonna miss i'm gonna i had to say this name because i'm gonna say it wrong but adrian maroc yeah just won he he just won recently he's at you know around sixty five to one if you want to kind of take a guy that is just coming off of a win um he won yesterday uh the irish yeah yeah he's um, sixty six on m g m if you want an extra point um you i don't think him. there's really anybody else in this mid-tier range that i'm like super high on just kind of looking through here i mean do we think tommy lad i mean i, thought, I, I i'm usually I not thought a about it guy. but i just i don't know i don't know i um, might
2: take robert mcintyre i think i have to take yeah, a stop yeah you have something. to yeah uh, so and um, i think well, I'm taking my brother, obviously. I think I saw him at 250 to one this morning. Um, but yeah, I think, I know. <laughs> hey, mm. Can I give you an insight yeah. on Russell? I'm not supposed to say this, but um Russell's nemesis has been his putting. and yeah. Everyone knows it. But he's switched to the long putter and he might use it this Ooh. week. Yeah.
1: Like Talk so, dirty goes. to me. Good. I am <laughs> such a, I, I'm a Russell Knox sucker. I bet him, I bet him and uh, played him <laughs> at the Travelers too, I think. And that was, that didn't. Was it the Travelers he just played and missed the cut? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he missed the cut. Did but, he have um, the long
1: putter at the Travelers or no?
2: No, no. And mm. he's uh, he's just got new glasses. He's been <laughs> oh. on a, he's in a funny little time. I, again, I don't want to say too much, but since playing um, Memorial, there was something going on with his eyes. So he had to come home and was at the eye doctor like every day. And he's uh, even though he's had laser eye surgery, he's got glasses now. Yeah. So. Um, Notices a difference, you know. He noticed it when he was lining up his putts for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: And then he's trying the long putter, so he's got both his putters with him this week. And he said that there's a chance he might even put two putters in the bag because he feels like for longer putts he's better with his short putter. But for these, for four foot to fifteen foot, his nemesis. And he said that the longer putter seems to be working. So.
3: This is great. We'll insight. See. Great insight. It's important also to be able to see properly on the golf course. That, so that, I, that's good too. Right. I that's do good. Hear that. I do hear that is important. Has he messed with the long putter before or is this kind of the first time he's really kind first of.
2: First time. First time. Yeah. yeah.
3: Marcus, so, but Marcus says all, like, all he needed to hear there in the chat.
2: I have to try. <laughs> yes, Marcus. <laughs> I love it. I don't want to get. But yeah, he's like, I've got, I've got to try
1: i don't want to get too far down here let's 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 uh i mean bobby mack for sure at eight he's at 80 to one on bet mgm the scotsman um definitely you know plays well on these strong field tough tracks he's got a a great record there uh so i think he's a click but what about these like working down um you got Corey connors cam young Billy Horschel, I think, could be a great play here at the Scottish, very accurate player. Yeah, absolutely. Um is one over, yeah, I think he just won the BMW. Didn't he win the BMW over in, in uh in England this year? Was that this year? And didn't
2: he win the Dundonald Lynx in Scotland?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um so we like him. I think we like him, don't we? I like Billy Ho here. Mm-hmm. He's forty to one on Bet MGM, and he is forty to one on FanDuel. So you're getting him at 55 on DraftKings. That's an interesting click. Yeah. Uh I don't have any interest in a past champion like Aaron Rye in this strong a field. I don't I think this might be a little you know, for me that personally a little out of his league. Lucas Herbert is interesting. Keegan Bradley, I've been on all all year. I don't know why I might I don't know why I would jump off now. Um, uh, but anybody <laughs> else in this like range leading up to Bobby Mack at that seventy or eighty to one for you guys?
3: What about Justin Rose? No. Does he interest you at all? Yeah. He doesn't. He's been playing better, I know, but and his been. odds are his odds are, I think, 60 to one. I can't remember which book, but I saw 40 to one on the other two and 60 to one. He's 61 on DK right now. Yeah. So okay. there is a little value between DK and the other books um, on Justin Rose. Yeah, he's 42 to one on FanDuel 50 on MGM. I just don't I mean, I don't like the guy to win. Yeah, he has been playing well. I mean, I'll give you that. Um, maybe look at him on the top twenty, mm-hmm, something like that. Top ten, if you can get a good number there.
2: What about um, what about your boy Joel Damon?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, is Joel going? I don't think Joel's going to have Gino on the bag this week, which could be. No. A, I mean, they have such chemistry. Um, I don't think Gino's going to be on it. I don't know who he ended up getting. He might have gone with a local guy, but I do know he. he I was...
2: know. I saw it on Twitter he's going with um, Sean Zach. Oh, do you know yeah, the, okay. the
1: for Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. Uh it's probably a good spot for him in terms of like the golf course, but I just I don't like I don't like the Geno's not with him. Yeah. For for an outright, you know? Um uh so we got Adrian Moronk, you kind of ag- we kind of agree on that. His best number sixty six to one at MGM. And then we've got Bobby Mack at eighty to one on MGM and Billy Ho. So is that kind of it for that range, I think? Any any uh any Mito Pereira, terrell Hatton interest with anybody?
3: Nah. Nah.
1: nope <laughs> What about um What about these guys? What do we think about these guys coming over from the deer There's a lot of guys coming in from John Deere. Christian Bezuidenhout's one of them. 80 to 1 on DraftKings, just played really well. It's like the first top 10 I think he's had on the PJ Tour in a while cuz he's he's like got a ton of top 12s and 15s, but He's been playing well. He just hasn't cracked the top ten until this past week. And actually I'm looking at him on FanDuel. If you like seabez he is ninety five to one on FanDuel. Uh what do we think about the the travel from the Deer to uh to North Barrick?
2: Um I mean the guys were used to doing it, weren't they, when they would get into the open yeah. championship. They would fly over so i don't know i mean and also he's had such great experience playing all over the world so someone like Mazaden, who i can't see that he would have too much of an issue with the transition and coming off a, a good finish too yeah yeah so uh,
1: yeah. anybody else shorter than 100 to 1 so like i see i've got one who you got
2: <laughs> i um i don't know why but something is telling me to pick keith Mitchell. This week.
1: I was actually about but, to say his name. Okay. Um
2: Yeah, I mean he's playing great, really trending. Um T six at the Travelers, T seven at the Canadian Open. But I was looking at his stats and he's gained more than four strokes off the tee in his last four events and gained over three and a half strokes cutting in his last four events. So I mean that shows great trend and obviously two stats that are going to be really important for
0: yeah.
3: for
2: this week. So I like Keith. Keith. I'm at what, 90 to 1?
3: Yeah, he's definitely one. You, if you want to get that 90 to 1 number, you need to get it now uh, on DK cuz he's I believe 60 to 1 and 65 to 1 on Ooh, yeah. Yeah, the I other like two. that. I like that value a yeah. lot. Um yeah, let's... 65 to 1 on FanDuel. And then that MGM, he's he... 66 to 1. So definitely that 90 to 1 number is uh, um Is he playing in value. the
1: uh, is he playing in the JP thing? The McManus? is Sam looking now. I don't, I don't think he is didn't no, see him. he's not yeah i like that a lot i like yeah. that one a lot all right so we, we agree on keith all right let's get into this 100 to 1 range I, the first one that, well, there's two that really jump out to me at 100 to 1 they're both on DraftKings. i gotta shop the line but woodland and chris Kirk are interesting to me at 100 to 1
0: okay
1: now woodland i'm a sucker for i never win money on but it's just, he seems like he's 80 to one on MGM and FanDuel. So DraftKings at 101 is definitely the best number. Chris Kirk is 95 to one on FanDuel and 101 on MGM and DraftKings. I just think both of those guys, like I see them like good ball strikers, accurate players. Um, you know, it's all, it's all about the greens and around the greens for Woodland, obviously. Uh, Kirk's just been mm-hmm. good all around. I feel like he's had such a good year. So i don't know i'm interested in both of those guys anybody anybody for you you guys up here
2: i mean like what about kh lee like i feel like he's one of these guys that but it's not plays a tpc course well in windy conditions <laughs> <laughs> what did you say
1: it's not a tpc course he kills tpc if this were <laughs> tpc north Barrack, he would yeah. he would be an automatic <laughs> yeah. he really though is playing so well. he is playing yeah
2: well. i know and what is he? 140
1: on FanDuel. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. So, if you if you like KH, I don't know that I could pull the trigger on that. He's 100 to one on MGM. So, you definitely get a little value there on FanDuel. Um, mm-hmm. what about Halton? Eric Tom? Van
2: Royen is an interesting name.
1: EVR. He's played well here in the past. Yeah. Joggers. Mm, Stroke game joggers. joggers. <laughs> no. Great. Uh, great craft cocktail mustache. <laughs>
2: um, he does have a great look on the course. Mm-hmm.
1: Pat, you got anybody in this range? I don't know that I could do KH Lee. I could be talked into EVR.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't mind KH Lee. Um you got Ricky Fowler. I know do you know love
2: better. Um, a name that you we talked about earlier when we looked at the leaderboard from last year, the Texan Ryan Palmer and um DraftKings have him at 180 to one
1: Mm-hmm. He's not had a great year, has he? What's he been doing? I feel like last year he was coming in a lot better form. Um,
2: I think that with a, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but then these guys whose game travels well, and I think he's one of these guys. Yeah. Actually,
3: he's shorter on the other two
1: sites, too. So, yeah. Yeah, his form coming in last year wasn't great but it was a little better than what it is right now. But yeah. right now he's not the ball striking for me on Palmer's kind of left him. Um, his irons have kind of sucked.
3: I don't know. I mean, he, he's a, he's definitely a wind player.
2: And he's gained a lot of distance as well.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if we're kind of getting into this sort of 150 to one area, cause I don't see a whole lot right around hundred to one that I'm, you know, other than like a Chris Kirk you yeah. mentioned and, um, but a guy like Jordan Smith has been playing really well in the European Tour. He's he's right around 130 to one. Bombs it. Too. Um yeah, I like him. I like Thomas Dietrich, who's played well here in the past. Um he was T2 actually last year. He's at 150 to one. Those are two mm-hmm. kind of Euro Tour staples that I think um What's you know, you Dietrich get... been doing lately? I don't know. one.
1: Hey. Uh, <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean, I like the EVR call, actually, in this 150-to-1 spot. And, mm-hmm. then, and then we're getting into Russell Knox at 180-to-1, obviously. Is that the best number for Knox? Did we no. already talk about that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think he's, I think he's played uh, this course once and missed the cut, so that's probably why.
1: He's 150-to-1 on MGM, and he is... I can find him. Let's see. Knox. He's won 40 to one on FanDuel. So, yeah, DraftKings at really? 180 to one is the best number on Diane's brother. If you want a little bit of action there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can all be ticket buddies and be real happy if uh, if we all hit. Yes. Um,
3: Dietrich, by the way, has tried. made a lot of cuts, but he is, he's got a top 15 a couple weeks ago at the BMW. But other than that, you know.
1: Uh so actually here we got a, we got a chat from from Jason Harris English at 130 to 1. I got to say I was surprised to see Harris English play as well as he did the other week. I mean I completely whiffed on him uh just coming off the injury and then he you know comes to the Travelers finishes 19th. Um mm-hmm. I mean if he's returning to form that quickly, if he starts returning to, to the form he had before he got hurt that quickly like Harris English could win almost anywhere i feel like and 130 to one feels yeah. like an interesting number so i get it um anybody else any other bomb thorborn Olsson? any any interest there he just won didn't he thunder bear man yeah,
2: not long ago yeah mm-hmm. what is
1: he what are I'm you seeing his number i can't even 180 right there he Knox. yep uh antoine rosner no this, Gosh, then
2: the odds really jump up, don't they? You've kind of got you don't have too many guys round about that. Yeah. Like one fifty
1: It's such a strong field too, like up the the first thirty or forty guys, like it's hard to pick a guy down here. I like David Lipsky a lot. Um on the PGA tour. I've been saying yeah, I feel like Lipsky yeah. could win. He's at two fifty to one on DraftKings. That's a big bomb. Um he's been playing all right.
3: What about Richie Ramsey? Or Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Isn't he is he Scott? Scott he's he's yeah. He's,
0: yeah.
3: And he's um he's been playing pretty well. Honestly, um, you know who I'd rather have is the Irishman, Padraig Harrington. That dude's yeah. been playing great. But Ramsey's 350-1. to 1. Pretty good for a guy that's you know, made 9 of 13 cuts recently. He's got a few top 15s in there. Are there any top 20 numbers out yet on any of these sites? Are we seeing that?
2: I didn't see any. I had a look this morning.
1: Because I think, like... um. I think down down there, like if you're looking at these long outright odds, if these guys are you know <laughs> seven to one or longer in a top twenty guys like Troy Merritt, who I know has played well over here before, um, yeah, I don't see any Callum Tarrant. He's three fifty to one outright, but yeah, Calum Tarrant, Diana, know, like apparently you and I both love some Calum Tarrant. I've been talking him up a lot,
2: and he hits the ball a mile, which does. is going to be advantageous this week. So yeah. Um, yeah, I might do another another Callum Tarrant top twenty. Yeah. <laughs> see if uh, another guy. Um, I'm just looking at kind of Scottish names here. Ewan Ferguson just got his first win on the DP World Tour this year,
0: oh, nice. and he's
2: Scottish. So I think he would be a good. I mean, I'm seeing him at um, 400 to one outright, but I mean, um, some places have him as low as 28 to one. But he might be a
1: good top twenty. You know, top twenty. Yeah, for sure. All right, so it looks like let, let me try to summarize here. Now we got a lot of names because there's three of us. We didn't agree on all these, but here's some early here's numbers more. on DraftKings. Sure. I think are worth a look, or that we've talked about. We talked about Cam Smith at 28 to one. These are all DraftKings values. Uh, he was the best number. I think he was 20 to one across the board. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Neiman at 50 to one. Ryan Fox at 50 to one on DraftKings. Billy Ho at 55 on DraftKings. Keith Mitchell, 90 to 1 on DraftKings, uh, as well as Russell Knox at 180. And uh, Diane mentioned Cage Lee at 130. Um,
2: You're not convinced, though, are we? We (laughs) I was not. I stayed on the fence for that one a little bit.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're on the fence, yeah. Uh, These are just like early leans. We're not committing. These are are just Mm -hmm. numbers that catch our eye, right? Uh, Gary Woodland and Chris Kirk for me at hundred to one on DraftKings. We were looking at, uh, Sam Burns was the best number on FanDuel at 31 to one. I love that one. Mm -hmm. And then Sebez on FanDuel at 95 to one. Christian Bezaydenhut at 95 to one on FanDuel. If I'm not super convinced on that one, but he's just a guy that's playing well, um, coming over from the deer. And then on BetMGM, the best number you could get for Jordan Spieth was there at 30 to one. Adrian Maronk at sixty-six to one, who just won the Irish uh, yesterday, and then Bobby Mack, Robert McIntyre, the Scotsman at eighty to one on BetMGM. Did I miss anybody? Am I missing any any favorites? Did you say
2: Ryan Fox? In yeah, fifty to one on on yeah.
1: DraftKings, Ryan Fox. Yeah, that's the best number there, and that one is going to get yeah. shorter. I could, I'm pretty sure.
3: Hopefully, yeah, all the dedication. withdrawals
1: are done because there's always a lot of withdrawals around here. Which, but I think hopefully the field is updated now, and we're pretty set. Uh, unless people yeah. get too liquored up at JP McManus and they decide to to bail, <laughs> 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 which the update there is uh, currently Xander Shoffley is winning the JP McManus at five under. How's Tiger yeah. playing? Ricky is three under. Sam Bur- he's he's T two. Sam Burns is T four at two under. Uh, Kepka's at two under.
2: Uh, Maybe we should be looking at Fowler. I mean, he's won the Scotch Open before, and he's trending. Yeah, I can't
3: believe Pat didn't say his name. Honestly, I was. Really I, I there's a lot of names flying around. So I may have missed him. Tiger
1: is five over through nine. He's. Uh, I saw out.
2: Tiger tee off on one and then walked down the fairway and he was not walking well. Yeah,
3: did oh, you great. see it? I did not. See I didn't that. see it.
2: I mean, it's obviously like he's all wrapped up and it looks colder, but oh, I thought, oh, that's not a good sign.
3: Yeah, you want the. We want some good weather if we want Tiger to play well at the Open Championship, too, because it's not a difficult walk on that course. It's just if you get cold and wind and all that, I don't think the leg's going to hold up too well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We we have
1: a a chat here from Graham Mackey, who looks the way, by the way, he's spelling it. That's like a Scottish way to spell it, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for outsiders, yeah, no. he likes Men Lee, the defending champion at 200 to 1, and David Law at 500 to 1. I don't know David Law. Do you know who David Law is?
2: He's Scottish. Mm. Scot- I think he just qualified yesterday, actually. He played well um, at the Irish Open. He finished, I'm going to say, top five at the Irish Open. Ooh,
1: let me see. I think I, I got that leader. Don't quote me on up, that. I saw
2: know. towards the end. No, he was, is. Uh, he
1: was T4. Yeah, he
2: was tied for the lead for a while. Um, yeah. yeah, he's Scottish. I think he just got his. Uh, oh, no, sorry. He got his place in the open championship with that finish at the Irish. So good momentum for David law. Yeah. I like that at 500 to one. I completely overlooked that.
1: Well, and again, another, you know, potential top 20 bomb. Um, yeah. I mean, if he's 500 to one, you could probably get him around like 15 to one, maybe 10 to one, something like that for top 20. He's 31, and he's the two-time Scottish amateur champion, our producer Sam tells Whoa. us.
3: Look at producer Sam coming Look in. at producer Sam coming uh, through. <laughs> now, what is Steven
1: talking about? Steven says, need a winner this week. I'm going broke. Steven, we delivered <laughs> what? The, guy, the guy that I pounded. <laughs> two in a row, actually. Yeah, two in a row. Pat had Xander Shoffley two weeks ago, and the guy that I pounded the drum for the most all week was JT Poston at 65-1, to one, and, then, and Diane hit him. So you could have, come on, man. Stephen, come and,
2: come and read my uh, PicksWise Go column because I've had three winners out of the last four events. So. Three out of the last four? <laughs> yeah, because I had Rory for the Canadian, Fitzpatrick for the US Open, wow. and then JT Wilson for the John Deere. So I feel like I'm like...
1: She don't play, no. Nope.
2: Right in this wave right now.
1: She don't play. Whenever that baby comes, and you know, I think I think the rumor is, is you know, you've named him David Patrick after the tour junkies, which we understand. Uh, the rumor is he's he's going to come out like already with some outright bets, some future bets on the Masters or something. I think.
2: I've named him Golby. That's his name. There
1: we go. You've named him Golby. There's people listening going Golby,
2: not Taylors.
1: There you go. There's people going, who the heck is Golby? um all right so let's uh i think that i think that pretty much buttons up the early leans the outright bets when the top 20s hit you know check out all the stuff diane's doing check out our article on covers.com um and now let's talk about our trip to scotland so if people want to bail here and you don't want to hear about it or you've heard enough or whatever you can jump off you can bail but let's talk about scotland but before i get into that I've got to go get a charger because I'm about to, I'm about to lose my juice. I forgot to bring my charger up here. Okay. So
3: oh. talk amongst yourselves. What a, we'll, what a we'll start, we'll know, start sorry.
2: the, the Scotland chat.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved Scotland. I thought it was amazing. Um, you know, I I loved the golf over there. It was just, it was just so much fun. And like we were talking about earlier, I, I like, I, th- I fancy myself a creative golfer. Uh, you know, we, okay. we talk about as a joke on the show that I, I, I feel like I'm in the top 1000 in the world in the bump and run. Well, I think I moved up a little bit while I was over there because you really get to use the <laughs> bump and run a lot over in Scotland. So mm-hmm. I like being creative on the golf course. So it, it was just amazing to me. And then, and then just the people there and the, and, you know, being in St. Andrews and all that kind of stuff, it was, it was fantastic. I, I do have one complaint. I have one complaint. How and, dare and, you. And, and DB's going to know what I'm talking about. DB, do you know what my one complaint about Scotland is? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You what,
3: want me to say What, it? what is it? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's a two-part complaint.
1: It's a food and, a food and beverage complaint. <laughs> yeah. Hard,
0: harder.
2: If you're going to say the cost of gas, I'm going to be so mad at you no. right now. No, no, no. <laughs> no. You,
1: it's, it, you, it would be, it's easier to get, what was the thing in the Bible, to get like the, 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 a camel through the eye of a needle? It was. It's easier to do that than it is to find yeah. a kitchen open past 9 p.m. and a alcoholic beverage yeah. past 10 p.m. anywhere in Scotland. And you can't even go to a gas station and get a <laughs> six
3: pack of of whatever at at 11 o'clock they, at night. Oh, they they shut their I, ki- every every food carrier in the in the whole country shuts everything down at 9 p.m. <laughs> So it like we learned that the hard way after Kings Barnes because we didn't eat we, we played kind of late. We didn't eat at Kings Barnes. We got back to the hotel and the kitchen was closed at the hotel. And it was a I mean it was well, not a resort like hotel. We had to get a waitress to call a friend to order Papa John. Yeah, she picked up Papa John and, and bring it to us. <laughs>
2: I was going to say but that's when the, one of the best parts of Scotland flourishes and it's the late night chippy like the mm-hmm. little chip shop on the corner of like every street where Couldn't you go find one and of those vision gems no sausage and chips like
3: we needed a guide like you for that
2: we needed we
3: had no idea where those places were but um but other than that no it was it was amazing um
2: yeah oh and the the thing that people always say to me is like the people. And obviously I'm biased and I'm going to say the people are great. But Scotland's one of those places where you can go anywhere. You're going to make a friend. Like mm-hmm. if you walked into a, a pub by yourself, you're going to have a friend. They're going to invite you to their house for dinner. Like you're going to swap contact information and you're going to be friends for life. I mean, it's, um, it's such a friendly place. And especially, I always say to everyone, St. Andrews, like it's a must visit. But St. Andrews is so international because you have the university and there's so many Americans and um, just from all over the world, really, people that go and study and and work in St. Andrews. So it's um, it's got a real international flavor to it. But, yeah, there's I mean, obviously, if you're going to go for golf, you want to go to St. Andrews. But there's so many great little places to check out.
3: Yeah. And the caddies were so, you know, we we had caddies on most of the courses. And those were, that was some of the best parts too. It was just the caddies that we had. We had one in particular that was amazing when we were over at, uh, we played the castle course. Um, but they were all just so knowledgeable about the courses, but just they had funny stories. They were, they were fun to interact with. You know, none of them were really bad at all. Like they were, they were all just mm-hmm. great. So the caddies were, were fantastic. I, I love that. But you're right, just the people um everything about it i mean i i stayed i stayed overnight in the queue trying to get on the open or uh, on the the old course and i walked over to that hotel the the, the white painted the rusicks is that what the hotel's called yeah it's on I the right the side of 18 yeah. i just walked in there at 4am and they got me some co- they didn't care if i was staying there or not they just got me some coffee and whatever i mean it was they told they had a big snooker um what 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 do you call that the, like a snooker table and they were they were Uh teaching me about that game and it's it's a huge (laughs) table so big it's way bigger than a regular pool table Uh, i
2: also love that you called it the queue and not the line well done that was great (laughs)
3: um he seems to be having a lot of a lot of issues though but uh any questions though that you have for us about uh, about our experience or
2: well i want to know what you did when you were in edinburgh because i know that you went there at the end of your trip what did you do in edinburgh
3: so I, now I loved, I loved Edinburgh. I thought it was just a fantastic town. I didn't realize, all right, now this is the, the dorky side of me, but I didn't realize the the connection with Edinburgh and Harry Potter. And so we stayed in the, the grass market areas where we were. I think that's what it's called, the grass market area. Uh-huh. Um, and just walking those cobblestone streets and everything. That was so cool. I, I love the town. We went up to the castle, but it was closed. Um, so I couldn't, couldn't go in that castle, but um we you know the pubs there we the first pub we went into had the best pub singer whatever you want to call him that I've ever seen in my life I mean he was amazing I could and he had he actually I think he must have had a second gig because he he quit about probably 9 p.m. and then went somewhere else but um that was. was pretty cool I can't remember the name of that pub but
2: edinburgh is known for because the edinburgh festival happens in august and there's like street performers everywhere you go i mean people from all over the world go to edinburgh in august it's definitely the best time to go the most expensive time to go as well but uh, they have uh, um, like comedy shows and uh, street performers and there's entertainment everywhere you go so there's a lot of people that will shows in edinburgh really just throughout the year and the standards is always very very high so if you're looking for you know like pub singers or uh, as i said like you'll just be walking down the street and you'll like the royal mile especially and you'll just see like performers doing amazing things and it happens all the time in edinburgh it's a great place
1: yeah (sighs) sorry i'm having major technical difficulties over here with this charger situation but i got it worked out um, I'm okay. I'm trying to drop some photos here that I can pull up into our our situation here. Let me see
3: if I can get this going. Uh,
2: people, someone said that you're flirting. That you're not.
3: I know. I'm no, just it. talking. I'm don't talking normally. <laughs> <laughs> gosh, We're
2: all Moby people here.
3: We know Kissler, <laughs> you know. Kissler's a just, troublemaker. Um, yeah, he's a troublemaker. This <laughs> is
1: this is just so so North Berrick, have we talked about North Berwick enough? I don't think so. <laughs> so North Berwick was done on our last on our last day. Okay. So we we're all tired uh-huh. and you know the next morning, me and another guy had to leave at like 3 a.m. and then other everybody else had to leave at like 7 a.m. for the airport. So this is the last round. We tee off at like two o'clock in the afternoon and it's just so magical. It's just Aww. such a magical golf course. And the place was just so beautiful that when we walked off me and me and another guy were like, we got to, let's see if we can play it again. So we go into the pro shop and, uh, my buddy says, listen, we're from Augusta, Georgia. It's our you know, first time to Scotland. First time playing North Berwick. It was incredible. We absolutely loved it. We all get on a plane in hours to leave this place, and all we wow. want to do is play this one more time. Can we? Would it be okay if we play it one more time? And we don't need a caddy. We'll just take the, take the trolley and go. Um, and the, the head pro could not have been nicer. He was nice the whole time, but Aww. he looks at him, and he's like shaking his head like this, and he's going, no way, you cannot go play the course. There will be no staff here. There's nobody out on the course. You can't let it happen. No, sir. And then, and my buddy's like, okay, do we need to not pay you anything for this course? He goes, uh, you, you should not pay me because you're not playing it. Okay. And, and we were like, okay. So like five of us just got our trolleys teed off, uh-huh. didn't charge us anything. And we played it at sunset. We had the whole place to ourselves. So from, That's you know, cool. cause it just doesn't get dark till, you know, 1030 or whatever. Yeah. I think we walked mm-hmm. off the, the 18th green at 1020 20. 10 20 p.m. maybe no. um so we played 36 straight with barely a break and it was just like this picture here the sunset i'm wearing my north Barrack oh, hoodie Wow. the sunset in north oh. Barrack, and this is i think this is number 16 and it's hard to tell in this picture but like you see the flag it's got this redan yeah. style green and you mm-hmm. can just see some of the slope um and then, of course, North Berwick has the famous wall hole, which I think is number 13 or 14, um, that was fun to navigate. That, that golf course was just incredible, man.
2: Yeah. You're making me so homesick. I haven't been to Scotland since September 2019. Ugh. And when I moved here in 2016, I said I was going to go every single year of my life. And then COVID hit in 2020, mm-hmm. and then it still made it pretty impossible to go in 2021 and then this year like i'm pregnant and it's yeah. like when are we going to be able to go so uh, we've said that we're going to try and go next march or april and at least we'll have baby boy with us so yeah, we'll get to go yeah. to scotland yeah. when he's only a few months old and my mom and dad want to come with us and
0: yeah
1: now, But russell's
2: there right now obviously and i've given him a, a shopping list of things that i want him to get and bring back
1: <laughs> yes um now, we did obviously get a chance to play the old course. We played it together. Me and Pat did. It was very special. We played it on uh, like two days before North Berwick. Uh, so you have a picture of me and Pat. Now this was, this was uh, just cool. walking around there on the bridge. We got to play it with the you know, the bleachers up and the, the uh, you know the leaderboard up. Um, it was It was super special. And I think what, blow, what blows me away is like... I just wish there, there's so many things I wish that American golf culture would adopt, right? I mean, the way I explained it to one of my buddies was like, dude, you're on the old course. This is like the golf course, right? And, mm-hmm. and at any point, you know, somebody could just walk their dog out there. So, like, imagine, <laughs> imagine, you know, you're, you're at Augusta National. Like, that's the level that we're talking about here. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I can just walk my dog. And my dog can piss on Augusta National, or you know, I can take a <laughs> stroll with the wife, you know, and, and a pint down a down the cart path at Augusta. Like it just doesn't happen, but it's just so open mm-hmm. and just so available, and um, it, you know, the, the the it's the golf course is just such a part of the community there. It just it felt so cool. I, I absolutely loved yeah. that vibe. There was no stuffiness uh, about anything about any of no. it.
3: Yeah,
2: that's why Sunday is such a great day to go there because there's no golf on Sunday yeah. and anyone can everyone just walks the course. People are out, like throwing balls down 18 fairway with their dog. And,
3: <laughs> that's
2: um, insane. You'll see people taking pictures on the bridge. Yeah, Crazy. But, I mean, it, it's great because the people of St. Andrews fully embrace it like they yeah. are just they understand just what the old course means to people all over the world. But it, it means that much to them too, and I mean, people. I lived in Glasgow, so it was probably about an hour and a half drive to get to St Andrews, and occasionally I would go through on a Sunday just to be able to like hang out and have some lunch and just have a nice little day out. Did you see the kind of crazy golf putting
1: yes, that they have there the, as well? The, the Himalayas, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it's
2: really popular. I think you have to book it like pretty far in advance, but um, yeah, that
0: we did
3: see when see that. I was
2: last there. I had lunch um, at the the part of the course, the second clubhouse, where you can kind of look out over it. And it, it was great. It was just such, again, an amazing atmosphere because people are just having fun and just enjoying golf. And that's how it should be.
1: Listen, I, I wanted nothing to do with putting any more than I had to in school. <laughs> because uh, your boy looked like, I mean, I would have made, you know, I would have made Luke List look like Damn, Jack Nicholas, putting out there—that's how bad I was. Um, I, I could not, I could not get it together on the putting greens. But, no. um, but it was so much fun. I, I just, uh, you just, you just play it so differently. I was telling Pat, like, I didn't play golf for like two weeks when I got home because I was doing other stuff, and I, you know, I didn't want to come home from playing 153 holes and be like, "All right, babe, I'm out to the course again." Uh, <laughs> but I, I just played yeah. for the first time since scotland on wednesday at my course and champions retreat is a very tough golf course like our handicaps Mm -hmm. travel pretty well you know and and you play there you know if if that's your regular place you get your butt kicked on the reg on a regular basis like i feel a lot of times like i'm a worse golfer than i am because it's hard and it never i have never shot an easier like 82 which is pretty really that's pretty like a little bit better than average for me at at champions but like i shot an 82 on wednesday and an 83 on friday with a bunch of three putts still and and still (laughs) like walked away from it going like i've never had an easier round shooting an 82 here because just compared to scotland i just it's just so much easier over here to me
2: um well i think that's why maybe the guys that play the scottish open the week before the open championship Are the ones that that do well at the Open because you're, it is such a different style of golf that get the experience. I mean, even looking at Morikawa last year. Okay, he missed the cut, but he still played practice rounds and then Thursday, Friday tournament golf in the Scottish Open to prepare for the Open, obviously in, in yeah. uh, England the following week. But like, it's just it's just different golf. So
1: yeah. There's Thanks. just no, uh, yeah. in, in you, you, have, to, you have to be prepared for the bad breaks and the bad bounces. I mean, yeah. Lord, I will say this, Pat, I've never been, our, at the old course round, our caddies started, and I'm trying to get our, my caddy <laughs> on the show for, for this week's open preview, so hopefully I'll have him on. His name's Robert. Oh, he, was, he was fantastic. But our, our caddies at the old course, <laughs> <about> <laughs> like it only took like seven holes for, for, the, for everybody to start noticing, like, Pat could not stop hitting it in a bunker could not stop and he would just hit this you know even off the tee the caddy would give him a line and he'd hit this shot and it would look like it's on the line and we all we all also learned this very early in the trip it's like you don't say a effing word about your golf ball until that thing has come to a complete stop in scotland because it may look like it's going to be in the fairway but it just never stops rolling and then before you know it it's in a bunker or in fescue or whatever it is and so it got to be a hilarious joke through like just six holes and pat had been in like every bunker on the first five holes (laughs) and our caddies were saying stuff about it and it continued the entire day but uh i it it, our bunkers too like i just look at our bunkers now and i'm like this is not a hazard i I should be i should (laughs) should, should be a stud out of our bunkers because everything rolls to the bottom you know or you get a nice little lie and the or the faces of it aren't that bad but out there like even the ones that aren't really like pot bunkers, but they look kind of shallow and unassuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they just roll in, they stay on the downslope. If they roll in from the side, they stay on the side slope. If they hit into the face, they tend to stay on the face. Like I never saw a ball in the bottom of a bunker. They were all like, nothing hard. My ball, I,
3: believe me, I, I, like you said, I hit enough bunkers on that course. Yeah. And they're always on the face. They're always on the face. It doesn't matter how it rolls in or whatever. Like it doesn't roll back down. I was never in the back of a bunker. I will say I was pretty good out of them. I did have one bunker where I had to get on my knees, and I think I missed the first two, and then I hit the third one. Um, but it's yeah, they are definitely they're they're hazards for sure. Up there,
1: That's I would so. say to like in terms of the courses we played, uh, my least favorite like course that was a big course that was supposed to be awesome was Carnoustie. Um, have you ever played Carnoustie, Diane? I'm sure, yeah. No, I you mean have? I
2: was there for the Open Championship a couple of years ago, and um, it's a it's so hard oh like my it, like oh reason it's so hard. I
3: never want to see that course again in addition to played it but
1: in addition to it. it already being hard on like number four or five, I hit the worst drive of of the whole trip i mean i I hit this thing a hundred and fifty <laughs> yards right, okay, over the next hole and into the fescue of the other hole. My caddy was like also had a terrible caddy that that day. he was like. I've never seen anyone hit one over here from where you are. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. So we start walking while well, I get into this fescue stuff and this is like day four. So I've been in some of this stuff, but I don't know what it was, but I got like hay fever all of a sudden. So yeah, yeah my whole, like my eyes were, sw- I look like Will Smith and hitch when he did the thing, when he got stung by a bee or whatever, like my eyes were swollen, watering my throat. I was snotting everywhere for like, eight holes in the middle of the round. I was not just playing Carnoustie, but I was like fighting death, near death.
0: Maybe
1: and, yeah. um, it was, it gets you. yeah. And th- that course was just so impossible. I was like, yeah, get me off of this, off mm-hmm. of this golf course. That one was tough. Um, I really loved Kings Barnes. It was fun, but I didn't mm-hmm. like that. It was modern that, that just irritated me. Uh, one of my favorite courses that I played was Crail,
3: Crail Balchemy. Are you familiar with that one? Oh
2: yeah, hmm
3: Loved Crail. Balchemy. I, I, I missed that one. That that was after the the Q night, and uh, yeah. I had to get a little sleep before I was going to play the old course. Yeah. So <laughs> Anyway,
2: well, you had to join the queue.
1: <laughs> it was uh, it was awesome. We loved it. I haven't stopped thinking about Scotland yeah. since we left. Um, and would love. I to hope you get to go
2: back soon. Yeah. Really.
1: Yeah, that's yep. a blast diane thanks for and then you've
2: got the whole other you've got the west of scotland that you have to i know we've
1: got a whole area. Halfway.
2: like there's so many great courses in the west too
1: yeah well we dundonald
2: plan- links there's good
1: ones we plan on going back for sure um Thank hey thanks for joining <laughs> thanks for chopping it up with the tour junkies always good to have you and uh you're sharp so people need to pay attention to diane she's Thank doing you. her thing all right. Thanks oh, for thank coming you guys. on. You
2: know, I'm a huge fan of your work. And I was very honored to be asked to talk about the Scottish Open this week.
1: It's, it's, it's a perfect opportunity. And it'll be great for the Open uh, next week, too. I'm pumped about that. So we'll be tracking all yeah. your bets and, uh, and, and your content as well. So thanks, Diane. Tell Elk we said hello. And I everybody, will. I will. Let's, uh, let's bend over your bookie this week, OK? We've been doing that lately. See let's good. keep it up. OK.
0: <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs> Oh, thank you.